more baseball classic has happened. We got a lot to talk about there. Some other baseball news, of course. And there's some other fun stuff going on in the sports where we're going to touch on today, as well as some other fun topics. The first topic I want to talk about is something that, that that's kind of cool. And it, it fits right up. It fits right up Dyer's alley here. Right up Dyer's alley. It's going yeah. to be a short little conversation, but I think I think it'll be fun. Have you guys seen? Have you guys seen the new Top Gun? Mm-mm. I haven't actually. You both. Uh, I want to just it's because great. of. I, I've seen like bits and pieces of it, and I want to set it up to where I can watch it up in the theater. I planned on it, but every time I just end up doing something else. It is a great, 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 great movie. I. I think you'd really like it. You should watch it. Um, that said, so you know how people are and and stuff. So well, the cool things about Top Gun is they actually went out and they partnered with Lockheed Martin Skunk Works to make the plane that the the, the plane that's in Top Gun. That 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 Maverick is testing early on the super the the super fast hypersonic plane. Uh, it's called the SR seventy two, which is really cool. They also said this is not a real plane because obviously it's in a movie, right? Not a real plane and everything like that. The, the mock-up they made for it was so good, it fooled Chinese spy satellites who thought it was a real plane. And so they were taking pictures of it. True story. Uh-huh. Now, let's put a little twist on this here. So this movie recently got put up for a bunch of awards with the Academy. It was a, you know, it's a good movie. The funny thing. So Lockheed Martin tweeted out a few interesting tidbits that have caused the, the some communities to go a little crazy. They just put out a cryptic tweet and it said, uh, here we go. Congratulations, Top Gun Movie for receiving six nominations for the Academy. To celebrate, we are we are sharing a Maverick a Maverick worthy image images of real aircraft. And the picture they show is of the fake plane that was in the movie. <laughs> On a tweet tagged real aircraft. <laughs> master troll. So that was it a master troll, or did they <laughs> put a real future plane in the movie and then go on a full PR tour to say it's not real just to fuck with people? Mm. They followed up that with another tweet because this plane supposedly went super fast. Uh, like in the movie it went Mach 10 but it's supposed to be a hypersonic plane went super fast so they followed up with another tweet that says the S remember this plane's the SR-72 the SR-71 Blackbird is the fastest acknowledged crew air breathing jet aircraft mm. acknowledged so did Lockheed Martin just pull a big dick move on the world and just say no this plane's actually like real like we actually like, built one because yeah, if they did top tier like top tier troll job alpha level i'm intrigued like how good of a cover is it to make a fake plane for a movie that's in development for years and then just be like well you know what if we just like do this instead but then say it's fake and then throw everybody off by coming out and feigning like it could be real or hinting at the fact that it could be and on top of that when the movie first came out, there was so much press about how the plane wasn't real, about the Chinese spy satellite falling for it, about how they actually used an F-35 to get the flyover scenes that for it, and then just did CGI for it. They did press tours with the fake mock-up. People could go around and actually see the plane. 
They did the whole nine. And then to come out with this tweet, it's just like, okay, wait a minute. It's not April 1st. What are y'all doing? Let's, 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 wind, let's wind this back a little bit. So is this a real plane or not? Well, so now they've got that rubber band effect. Is it a real plane? Yeah. Is it not a real plane? Because now they've kind of said both things. Exactly. So now we're kind of where, back to where we are. And then you, you set it up as that kind of troll, like, oh, China, look how stupid they are. They thought it was real. It actually is real. But look how they thought it was real. Those dumbasses over there. Look at them. It actually is real. We're testing it now. But look at them. They're so stupid. <laughs> they, they would get one of those if it's real. Lockheed Martin would get one of those if it's real. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to, to the big meat and potatoes of this. The World Baseball Classic just ended. The Japan victorious over the United States, and can we talk about a storybook ending? Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout. <laughs> Two outs, USA down one in the ninth inning, and it's Mike Trout at the dish and Shohei Otani on the mound. Derek, could you script a better baseball ending for that tournament? I think it was perfect the way it was. The only thing that sucked, it was a great ending. There's no doubt about that. But man, does it suck when the air gets sucked out of it. When Mookie gets into the double play. Yeah. That that like hurt. I mean, I would have loved to have seen a you know, maybe a first and third or maybe a just at least a runner on for Trout to give it a little bit more of like that, man, he could really he could take the lead. He could do like so much. And the other thing the other thing too is that's like out of twenty four at bats, or no, it's twenty four at bats out of whatever 1400 or something i forget what it is something's ridiculous i have it in 6174 career mlb plate appearances with mike trout he has only whiffed three times he's only had three swinging whiffs in 24 of them that's insane wait say that again what was the stat it's a it's it's fucking incredible and it, it sounds like it's fake but it's not mike trout has only struck out on three swinging strikes, three whiffs, 24 out of his 6,174 career MLB plate appearances. Oh, my God. Dude, it's that's, nuts. That's like Tony Gwynn-level shit. Yeah, this is incredible. And Shohei got him. Now, the interesting thing is Shohei got to come in as a reliever, so he got to pump absolute cheddar. Which he did. Which he I did. Cut it loose. It was so impressive. So, so, so impressive. But yeah, the, the game was the game was electric. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. The whole the whole WBC was fun to watch. Well, go back to that at bat real quick because the other thing that stands out that I don't think people understand too is Gohei was going right after Trout with fastball. Oh, yeah. Didn't he didn't throw anything until the last pitch? Like I think he was just trying to put on display, like, hey, I'm better than you. Like here it is. I'm I'm throwing everything at you, my best shit. And he did. He threw it right there. He challenged him. Now, granted, he did the right thing because you, uh, you've already seen, you know, four fastballs. We got to change it up. And he went with the slider, and he got him. And it was, dude, it was a perfect pitch, too. Yeah. Gorgeous pitch. And did you see, um, did you guys happen to catch Shohei's pregame locker room speech? Yes, that was phenomenal, too. Did, did, you, did you catch that, Dyer? No, I missed it. So uh, I'll give you the TL TLDR of it. He basically told the he basically told the team, 
we look up and we and we admire these guys who are about to play, but you can't beat someone you admire. We're here to surpass them. So let's stop admiring admiring them for the night and go beat them. Hell yeah. It was very, very good. Shit. A great speech. And the crazy thing is, is when you read the comics, there's a lot of USA fans going, no, no, we admire you. Like Shohei, like we admire, like Japan's insane at baseball. It's just and, mutual respect. And And it was two good teams going at it. It was, it was, USA finally woke up. I think Mexico, lost to Mexico kind of jolted them a little bit. Uh, Japan's been doing Japan things all tournament. Came back against Mexico uh, and then win in a, a pretty convincing fashion against, against the US, all things said and done. Good pitching from both teams, but at the end of the day, Japan got it done at the end of the day with just convincing hitting and Shohei just being a monster. Japanese did such a good job, though, of using the splitter. Mm-hmm. Every single pitcher that came in, had a ridiculously nasty splitter. And that's what, like, with Japanese culture and pitching and everything that they do, they are fundamentally sound. They are incredible at what they do. They work on their craft to a T. Like, there is no messing around with that. They're on top of it. They teach every pitch out there. Um, they, they, they do it right. There's no doubt about it. There was no analytics over there. They were playing Japanese baseball the right way, and it's incredible to watch. That that just goes to show you how it is over there versus over here. But isn't that kind of the point of the World Baseball Club? Not the point of it, but an ancillary thing that we see. How how a game like like we see for six months out of the year, and we watch how it's subtly different in different parts of the world, and how that impact is made when the two. Uh, when the two styles clash. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is throughout the... I mean, you're getting every country's taste of their variety of baseball um, and how they do things. I mean, look at the Dominican and how, you know, they went out there and they performed in Venezuela. There's so much... The other thing that doesn't get talked about enough is the pride. I know a lot of people were against going to the WBC and... They always talk about like when's the right time to play. This is the right time to play. Um, you know, it got brought up when I was on the radio today. They should do it at the same time as the Little League World Series. No, you don't want to do that because it takes away from the Little League World Series. Right. On top of that, too, this is when everybody's used correctly. You're, you're, uh, how do you want to put? It? You're, you're getting your innings built up the right way. Everybody's strict on all of that, and that's that's one of the things. Like when I pitched uh, with Team USA in thirteen. Um, Greg Maddox came up and said, Derek, you've only got 50 pitches to work with. Can you get me five innings? And I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to give you every bit of it. I'm going to do all that. And I literally went and I, you can look it up and everything. Five innings, five pitch or five pitches, five innings, 50 pitches right on the dot. And that was it. Like, that's how it is. They're very strict. They want to make sure they're taking care of everybody. I get it. What happened? It's a freak accident with Diaz. But that, that's part of the game. Like, they're celebrating. It's a passionate moment. Yes, it sucks. I really do. I, I hate seeing that for him because he is such a great dude and outstanding pitcher to watch. But I can't take it away from him. Like, he would never, he, no He'd matter what, play. He, would do it, he would do it all over again. Uh-huh. And he would do the exact same thing because you're representing your country. And that's what people need to understand is how important that is to us. I get it. It, it does suck that... <clears throat> We didn't get our pitchers to show up, and I I love that Trout, and uh, we did an interview today with Greg Maddox, and he was kind of calling out for that, like, 
you know, we need to get our guys to go in there too. Trout did a good job of that. Most of the other guys talking about superstars, I should say, also saying like, this is something that every superstar or athlete should attend or be a part of because this is, there. it's so much meaning to it. And just think, Japanese or Japanese, Japan beat us, but they didn't even face our best guys. Like they faced our best lineup, but they didn't face our best starters. Yeah, what 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 happens if now obviously he was injured, but what happens if DeGrom's on the mound there? Or or what happens if a guy like even like Dylan Cease is on the mound? Not saying Japan's hitters are phenomenal hitters. Yeah. It changes it, though. But it does change. It's I a think different outcome. To touch on the Diaz injury and then of course touch on the Altuve injury as well. That came out today that he's gonna miss at minimum about two months uh, with a broken thumb. Uh, to touch on both of those things, there was a lot of pushback from mainly Americans, I'm just going to say it, Americans, mainly Americans, right after that happened, saying how we need to cancel it, every cancel World Baseball Classic, the seasons oh. are ruined for those teams, the whole nine. And I put out some tweets that got a little fire, but I don't really care because it's true. I think that one of, and I'm going to read word for word one of my tweets, Americans will never comprehend how much country pride in the World Baseball Classic means. I spoke to people who were here, because I was at the games, who were literally crying. They were crying over getting out of the group stage. To represent your country often goes beyond all else. And I think what happened, I think, I think what a lot of people don't realize is we see baseball here in America every single day during the season. We get to watch literally thousands of games. For us, our team is, for me, the Mets. For Dyer, the Indians for Derek, it will always, his heart will always be with the Rangers, right? That, th those are your teams. For the Dominican, their team is Team Dominican Republic. For those living in Puerto Rico, their team is Team Puerto Rico. For Japan, it's Team Japan. For Italy, it's Team Italy. For Israel, it's Team Israel. The U.S. is the only place where we are fortunate enough to see all these superstars every single day where our loyalty is more to our individual team in baseball specifically than it is to our country's team. And so that's why you're going to see a lot of Americans be like, oh, it, it's, it's meaningless games. It's not, it's not as important. It doesn't matter as much. I just want to win a World Series. But to someone from, someone from Venezuela, Miggy wants to win for Venezuela. 100%. And the person I point to is... Messi. Messi was one of, up until this year, the most decorated superstars in the world. He had won almost every single award that you could win in professional, in professional soccer. He had won leagues. He had won golden boots. He had won, you know, he had won golden ball man of the year. He had won MVPs. He had done all of this. But up until this year, Derek and Dyer, what was the one thing he hadn't won yet? The World Cup. And what did he care about most? He, well, definitely winning. The, it's always, that's going to be his number one period. It's your country. It's yeah. literally winning the World Cup for your country. Well, if I could do something, like if we did a, like this would be wild, but a baseball, like instead of, you know, the WBC, we had the United States baseball and you represented your state. I would do it in a heartbeat to go represent Ohio. That's where oh, I'm yeah. from. I'm born and raised. Like I want to like, you better believe I'm putting everything into it. Every, I do it anyway every time I'm out there, but there's so much more pride to be able to represent my home state.
And and I think that that's what I'm getting exactly. I think that's what us as Americans miss is that we often forget that we're privileged to watch all these superstars all the time, right? Whereas I, I know a lot of people. I'll, I'll use I'll use my friend Subtape as a good example, right? He is he's a, he's well, he was a Marlins fan. He's now a Mets fan. I've converted him, but his true passion will always because he's Venezuelan will always be following the success of Venezuelan players in the league. He wants to see how Altuve is doing. How's Miggy doing? He wants to see, you know, all these guys, how they're playing. He's a Mets fan with an Acuna jersey because Acuna is Venezuelan. Let me repeat that. A Mets fan with a Robert Acuna Jr. jersey because he's Venezuelan. That's the kind of pride that that's, that these countries have. I said, not Ronald. I know I said Robert. I said Ronald. I know. Ronald. Ronaldo. Ronaldo. My brain's broken ernie you already broke me today with your finances <laughs> earlier today acuna jr i was thinking something else but acuna jr right he has that jersey because he's venezuelan i met so many puerto ricans and so many dominicans and so many you know people out there who had jerseys of people who's not their so-and-so team but it's their country's player and that's what i think that the, the the dynamic shift is with Americans is like, we don't have, and I said this straight up for all the USA, USA, USA chance that we have, we don't have as many of them as sporting at sporting events as you think we should. And I think it's just because we have so many teams already that we root for. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> to dive into it uh, with that, like, you know, with team USA, you know, a lot of people, and Terps, you've been guilty of it as well. I've, we've all been guilty of it. Is not showing enough emotion, the players. And what usually happens is it's guys that have been playing. Like maybe it's a like when I was there, it was like let's keep our emotions down. You know, we don't need to go out there and do what they do in front of the dugout and all that stuff. Um, which I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I think they should have been doing it, and that's why it was awesome to see when Turner hit his go ahead grand slam. Like they were out. That was huge. Everybody was out. He was being, you know, emotional about it. that. That's raw right there. That's what it's all about. And that's, that's how it should be because you're representing your country. Like that's yep. fuck dude. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. You know, I got to, like I said, get to wear team USA across my chest. There is nothing like that. That like a pitch in world series multiple times. It's just, it's a different feeling when you're going up against another country. It's not, you know, Derek taking on the St. Louis Cardinals. It was Derek taking on Canada. Like that shit's wild. Um, and then with that being said too, like I diving into some of the players and injuries, you know, I want to get back to it just because of one of the things that stands out that I, I think people forget too, is it's just like a spring training game. You, it, if you're going to complain and say that we shouldn't have the WBC because somebody got hurt, well then we shouldn't have spring training because it's still happening at the same time. You see guys get hit all the time in spring training. When you bring these young guys in, now this is different. Uh, when you see these young guys come in and they don't have a clue where the fuck they're throwing the ball, yeah, that's going to happen. Guys are going to get hit. It's not on purpose. Nobody threw the ball, especially in the WBC, at somebody on purpose because everybody wanted to win that game. They didn't want anybody on base no matter what. Also, with that being said, you also have a kid that went out there that was 20, I think he's 21 years old, pitched for Team Canada. 19. A, 19, sorry. 19 yeah. years old. He's a prospect here with the Rangers. I do know that. 
went out there and had to face the best lineup that I mean that we can truly say because of you know us being here spoiled with it. Yeah. And got his shit handed to him. Now, the only bad thing about that is you put this guy in such a tough spot right here for him. You got to hope that he has the mental toughness to let this go by and be like, hey, you know what? This is what this is what big league baseball is all about. Man, I, I'm not there yet. I got some more work to do. For me, if, if I was his coach or pitching coach, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to tell him, hey, yeah, you got to see the best of the best. You're not going to see that in the big leagues. You're not going to see lineups that stacked. I can promise you that. Maybe like the All Star game. game. Yeah, that's it. Now you might not even see that in the All Star game, right? No, you, yeah, come on. Because, now. No, because keep in mind, then Soto's at the All Star game too. Well, yeah, like, you're gonna well, just, yeah, you're gonna see a other people. Yeah, right. That's stacked. what I'm saying. You're never gonna see that USA lineup except for there. But with that being nuts. said, like I'm gonna tell him, like, hey, you went and you you did what you could do. You all right? You you competed. Yes, it didn't go your way. These are great hitters you went up against. Now you know what you have to do. Now you know how you got to work so you can get yourself there. Don't let this be something that haunts you. Let this be something that helps you. And that's what happens with a lot of kids that when they get that experience and they get called up or they get the prospect status and all this attention's on them and they go out there and they get their shit handed to them, they break down. That's why the mental toughness is huge. And that's, you know, we talk about the mental side of things and helping people. And this is one of those moments. This kid can either really take a step back, see what he did and go forward, or he can just take a step back and walk away. And it could be really bad. I'm hoping he takes a step forward, though, after going backwards. But don't yeah. you think you could play devil's advocate with that, too, and say that it's almost better that it happened in the way mm -hmm. that it did. The stage was maybe bigger, but the consequences were less when it comes to his career, because he did. This didn't happen in his major league debut. You know, this didn't happen in some game that meant a huge you know, that had huge consequences for the team that's actually paying him. This was, a, it does boil down to an exhibition. Yes, he's playing for his country. He had that, that pride to try and, 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 and win for your team and your country. But from a standpoint of your career, it gives you a good barometer. It gives you a good idea of where you are without those real life consequences of now I've gone and, gotten my tits ripped off by the New York Yankees in a game that we needed to win because we're in a playoff race. And, and now, you know, now the organization has a certain opinion on me and I'm not good in a big place and this, that, and the other, whether or not that's actually true or the case is one thing, but in your own mind, one could be thinking that now he's had that experience where he's gotten crushed on a big stage, but it doesn't have that consequence as it would if it happened in the MLB. On top of that, I think this kid was in high school, what, a year ago? I think it was. He's pitched a few innings in single A, in low A. Yeah, he That's hasn't it. really done much. He's done nothing yet. And, and, and to put him in this position, it's going to test him. But we also have the other side of this coin, um, we also had the 21-year-old Nicaraguan pitcher who was signed by the Tigers as he was walking to the Nicaraguan team bus from the stadium after striking out Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, and Rafael Devers in one inning. <laughs> That's pretty good, too. His one lone issue was he gave up a double to Manny Machado. Oh, no. How dare you? 
if, if all you if all that <laughs> happens if the worst thing that happened when you're facing Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, Manny Machado, and Rafael Devers is you gave up a double to Manny Machado, I think you're pretty good. You gotta figure one of those guys is gonna get a hit. Machado did. <laughs> <laughs> like but that that's that like that happens too. But I think the other cool part about the World Baseball Classic, people get to see players you don't normally see. And they're become heroes that people haven't heard of before. And they're like, what well, this this dude's hitting. This dude's pitching. What's going who who's this dude? Who's this dude for Team Israel named Shlomo? Who doesn't play professional baseball and just plays for Team Israel every four years and throws 70 mile an hour fastballs and that's it. He's a local hero to Israel. Like it, it's that kind of thing that you see at the World Baseball Classic. And that's what's so cool about it. And then you also get to see these unknown guys go up and shut down Juan Soto, who I don't think anyone's in debate is one of the best baseball players we're ever going to see. Or you have the the Czech Republic pitcher who struck out Shohei. Yeah. yeah he was happy about that. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> no, no, I, I forgot all about that right when you said it, like, hit me. Like, like, like imagine that he has the ball. Imagine going to your grandkids and you say, I struck out Shohei Otani in the World Baseball Classic in Japan. Well, they also, too, I mean, they showed video of it where guys were legit, like, after the game, going up and taking pictures with Trout and Boom yeah. and all that stuff. Like, this is a time where, that's why I like this. I wish it would happen more often, but I get it. Because it gives a chance for us all to get to interact with guys from all over the world. This isn't just, you know, country, you know, United States. We get to see you here. No, we we get to play all over the world. I think it would be kind of cool, though, to see, like, I know we get to host it, which is cool. Well, um, Japan, but, too. Yeah, but it would be cool to have... Well, I'm saying, like, we host, like, the semifinals and, oh, yeah, and yeah. the finals. Um, so it would be cool to to be able to see, like, us go to Japan and play over there, which I, I like. We do the classics and stuff. I think that's a money thing, though, because you're going to get at least one or two Latin teams in, in the finals, and you're not going to get a better Latino crowd than in Miami. It, it there is nowhere else in the in the United States where you're going to get that level of crowd for I think pretty much all teams. I mean, they they'll travel. They will travel. Texas, like a place like Houston, could you get close there? Uh, not not with like the Cubans or the Dominicans or the Puerto Ricans. Uh, I think they could. I I think they could. I think they would do it, but I don't think you'd get the same level as you get in Miami because Miami the culture's there already. It's established. There's already big, like big little cities inside of Miami that are there already for 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 those ethnicity for ethnicity for those cultural groups. So I think that that's why they do that. But we do have to talk about we just put this whole meaningless game thing to rest. No one watches. No one cares because that argument's been floating around Twitter by some people with some check marks who have audiences who are just idiots. But let's just let's just put that to bed real quick by just talking about some numbers. Um, so I'm gonna ask you guys a question. And I want to see if you guys get this. The World Baseball Classic this year, in total, for, in total, total attendance, got 1.3 million people to sit their butts in seats. Okay? 1.3 million people sat their butts in seats for the, World Base, for, for the World Baseball Classic this year. How many teams in Major League Baseball in their total 80 to 81 home games had less then 1.3 million people come out. I'd say probably 
How many teams had less? Had less in. So I'll say it again. The World Baseball Classic had one point, had just over 1.3 million people attend their games, bust in seats. How many MLB teams had less than that number in total fan attendance for the entire year last year? I'd say half. I've missed like most of the question because Siegel was talking to me. So I'm completely, I'm leaving this to you and Dyer right now. God, shut the fuck up, Siegel. (laughs) Six. Okay. Six teams had less than 1.3 million people come out for their entire season. Cleveland, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Miami, uh uh-huh, and Oakland all had less yearly attendance than the World Baseball Classic had. Oakland probably hasn't had people in their attendance come close to that in probably like years. Years, yeah. But they got that in two weeks. Two weeks. How about this one? 97% Ninety-seven mm-hmm. percent of people in Japan watched the WBC championship that game. That was uh, nuts. Similar numbers in Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic as well. So you tell me how popular baseball is. There was six. Uh, there they. Uh, I saw a tweet. Let me grab this right here so I can read this tweet out accurately. Um, because we're nothing if we're not accurate here. The World Baseball Classic was televised in 163 countries with 63 different media partners broadcasting the tournament in 13 different languages. That's insane. I mean, the thing is, too, like, I really liked listening to the, 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 the commentary, the ending. Like, for instance, Japanese, the, when they won the game, dude, that was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. I have no clue what they said, but I could tell you it was fucking pure gold. And, and then Newt Bar comes in just like, I don't know what to do. Oh, dude, that's so that's so cool. Now, the other other cool tidbit is Kyle Schwarber has now homered in his career. You ready for this? Screw him. In the, wor- in the World Series, the AL Championship Series, the NL Championship Series, the AL Division Series, the NL Division Series, the AL Wild Card Game, the NL Wild Card Game, and the World Baseball Championship. Can he just retire? Like, has he, has he peaked? What, what's left? Has he homered an All-Star Game yet? Can we get that next? Like, this man is just raking. Absolutely raking. But there's another guy we got to talk about raking, Derek. How many piss tests is Trey Turner going to be doing over the next week? (laughs) Yes, he's definitely getting tested as soon as we get back. On top of that, if he goes 0 for 4 on the first day at opening day in Philly, will (laughs) they boo him? Oh, 100%. 100%. He's getting booed. We joked around with that on the radio, and it's... I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Like, it's the same thing with Aaron Judge. He would have to deal with that, too. If this dude goes out there and shit the bed the first game, they're going to boo him. I hate that. They won't. I don't want it to come off that way because I know somebody's going to be like, wow, you really hate the Philly fans and Yankee fans. No, I was, it's just a, it's what they've done. So, I mean, I'm not lying about it. They literally booed fucking Aaron Judge after just winning the home run record for the American League and having an MVP year. And yet they booed him because he had like one bad game or whatever. Crazy thing. Fucking unbelievable. I did not hear from the country's fans. Now, of course, we heard boos and whistles because it's, you know, it's competition, right? I did not hear one supporter of a team the entire time I was there. We're talking about extremely passionate fans. 
boo any of their players. The entire time I was at the World Baseball Classic in Miami. Not once. Of course not. Which was awesome. The other cool thing I saw is I saw fans and teams out of the dugout for basic double plays while down seven. Like, that's cool as fuck. Yeah. You, know what would, you know what would happen if the Rangers were down by seven and they turned a double play? The Mets, mm. the Mets fans, we might boo him just to boo him at that point. <laughs> wow, we, we did something. The Indians fans are going, eh, whatever, we're used to it. But, like, the you ones that are there. In. The ones that are there. But you're yeah, never going to see... five hundred people. But you're never going to see 15,000 people stand up and start screaming ecstatically for a double play while down seven. True. Ever. You know, you know what else you didn't get to see? What? And I know this for a fact. Japanese culture, when their team is up at the plate, they're loud. When your team was up at the plate, they're quiet. Which is... You talk about respect. Yeah. Japanese culture, baby, I'm telling you. It is unreal. Awesome. I love it. It's just amazing just how all these fans were. One of the things I remember texting you guys about and we talked about was, you know, you would think with crazy atmospheres and huge games and how important these are to these fans, we didn't see one fight. We didn't see one altercation. We didn't see a single argument at all. My buddy, Subby, was wearing a Venezuelan jersey. Every time he would go up and ask someone for a picture wearing an opposing jersey, it was, let's go, 100%. This is awesome. They were opposing fans when Venezuela won who would go past him and make sure they said congratulations to him for winning. Because it's the self-respect of knowing we're mm-hmm. here. We're all here. This is a cool thing. We're grateful for this opportunity. We're here for baseball. That's- it's, right. it's that they're there for the sport and they're grateful for that opportunity. And that's, that's all that they care about. Yep. Win or lose. They are extremely happy. We're going to show everything we can to cheer our team on win or lose. We got nothing but respect for whoever's out there. And one of, the, should be. one of the coolest things I saw was the Dominican Puerto Rican game, which is a huge rivalry, huge rivalry. That's right up there with, you know, the biggest rivalries in sports. Those two those two teams, that's a big rival right there. I sat, I was sitting, I was sitting next to a Puerto Rican fan. He sits down, he asks me, who are you rooting for? And I was just there to watch the game. So I said, I'm, I'm rooting for baseball. And he goes, I like that answer. <laughs> a Dominican guy sits down next to him. He looks at him. They start kind of going at it, jokingly back. They start going at it for a little bit, back and forth, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they just start laughing, hugging, handshaking. And then every time Puerto Rico would do something good, he'd tap the Dominican guy on the shoulder and go, ah. And every time the Dominican would do something good, it was the opposite way. He would, the Dominican guy would tap him on the shoulder and go, ah. Like, it, it, was, it was that kind of bond and that kind of respect that people had for each other. That when I hear people say how that's impossible, that shouldn't happen, I'm like, no, you're, it's 100% possible. It's a mindset. It's a mentality of just exactly what Derek said, being grateful for being there and respecting the game and wanting to see some insane baseball. One of the more cool moments was when Subtape asked a Israeli fan for a picture. And the guy was so happy and so floored. He was like, that's awesome that you asked me to take a picture with you. 
like it, it, it's that kind of bond that happens there. Baseball truly does unite. And I just wish we got more of that all year round and not just once every four years when the World Baseball Classic comes to town. But that's how it should be in general. Like Agreed. As much as me and Dyer hate each other's schools for college with Ohio State and Michigan, never once have I tried to fight Dyer. Never once have I tried to disrespect him. Never, like, it's never crossed that line. Neither, none of our friends in our little circle that we have do that to each other. Yeah, we talk shit, but at the end of the day, it's not, like, there's no life-threatening things happening. Like, I'm not, you know, killing Dyer or whatever. I mean, I've got him still waiting for his surprise to show up at his house. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. That's about it. Um, but, like, yeah, at least nobody died. That's a Jason Kidd quote. Um but yeah, that's that's how it should be is and it is for every one of my sports loves and everything. I've never disrespected anybody like that. I, it's just talk shit. And that's your typical thing. Nothing to where I'm trying to create a fight. But what happens is, is the alcohol gets in and some people can't take the alcohol with the negative talking shit. That's where it's the issue. And that's where you get those fights, because I know Dyer could get hammered with me and we could watch Ohio State Michigan game. And Michigan could get their shit handed to him. I'm not going to try to fight Dyer no matter how much shit he talks. Yeah, I'll be upset, but I know it's not like that. It's never been like that. So that's that's the thing that stands out, too, is you got to see true love of the game in general. Besides the team stuff, but yes, the game was the love. And, and you're, true, not there, you're, yeah. you're not there to, to root against other people. You're there rooting for your team. You're not rooting against anyone. Correct. And you're not, you're not, there's no animosity against some random person that you've never met that you will never ever see before or again in your life that sat two seats away from you. That's the thing that people don't get when they watch sports. It's like that person didn't do anything to you. That person, you don't know them. You're never going to see them. You haven't seen them before. You won't see them since. Why, why do we need to yell at people in the stands next to us because they were a, a different jersey than the one that you like? 100% agree. And then just to see the love of these people had for their own teams. Like, I just put in chat um, an insane video I managed to catch of, of, of sub tape. And I sent this, Derek saw this video on my Instagram and instantly was like, this is one of the craziest, most insane videos. And the fact that you captured this moment is, is insane. But the reason why I, so for those of you, the links there, if you can't, if you can't click on the link, Subtape was standing up, holding a Venezuelan flag, chanting the Venezuelan chant. And all I was trying to do was capture that moment because he wanted to take as many pictures as possible so he could watch the game and take it all in because it's his team. And I was like, sure, I'll video. I don't care. Like, I'm here for the experience, but it's your team. So, you know, he wants to have all those memories. Standing up, waving the Venezuelan flag back and forth, doing the Venezuelan chant. And at that exact moment, Anthony <laughs> Santander hits a towering home run. The ball goes up. Subtape's head goes straight up. The ball comes and lands, perfectly arcs, straight down, right in front of him. And when I say right in front of him, I don't mean like three feet to the left or 10 feet to the left or, you know, 10 feet to the right. No, no, no. Right in front of him. Directly in front of him. And there's this moment where the whole scene goes silent Subtape's looking up. He watches the ball come down. And there's a split second where he doesn't believe what just happened. And then he turns around. 
and the amount of pure joy and emotion that this man displays was awesome. It, it was awesome. I have never seen that level of emotion from anybody at a sporting event. And the fact that I was able to capture that on camera by happenstance and the ball happened to fall in front of him, literally the money ball quote of how can you not be romantic about baseball? I mean, that was absolute gold, right? There is, I'm surprised that nobody's come after that video because of how cool it was to, I don't, I think something happened when I posted, cause I posted another one on TikTok that blew up, but for some reason, this one's not posting fully to everybody. So I think there's an issue with it. Are you shadow banned? I don't know because I'm just kidding. you're not shadow banned. You no, I thought about that, by the way. I thought about that, by the way, though, because but you haven't done anything to be. <laughs> no, right. But like the first, the first one that I know of, the first one blew up. But that video, and maybe I'll repost it, or we'll repost it through the Alpha Fairpole Twitter, and then we can put it out that way. Yeah, but you definitely need to. That that video encapsulated for me baseball and joy and just everything. And just even watching it, and I don't even know Sub that well at all, but to just see, that was like raw emotion, raw like feelings, everything. Like you don't get that all the time. Like that's, no. that showed the true love of the game, the true love for the country, true love for the player, and just the passion of everything, of the friendship of you being there with him and everything. Like it's an iconic moment whether most people would feel differently I, I that is a that's a moment like i would love to capture a moment like that for you know my friends i'd love to catch a, a, a moment uh for dire you know watching the indians you know win a world series or the buckeyes winning on a, a drive that just happens like right in front of us even if it's against michigan i it's something that you you know that's a cool feeling that you would sacrifice your own love for whatever like i'd be willing to watch my team lose to watch a moment like that for my friend right in front of his face like that is cool like i wish i could have got a moment for myself because greg was right there with me my brother's a huge buckeye fan we were right in the end zone and uh donovan edwards ran one down right in front of me right into that corner of the end zone like he ran it ran right up towards us and everything because I was in the Michigan family section and he was right there celebrating. And like, if I could have had a moment like that, dude, yeah, I probably would have cried happy tears of excitement because of how cool that is to see. Like that's a, that's an epic moment. It was cool. Dyer, have you seen the video? I have. And I actually, I didn't realize that that was subby. I'd never seen him before. So I just thought that that was some random person that was sitting next to you guys. But that, that, itself though the watching that video and the emotion that there was and the fact that it happened right in front of him like i i felt that in my chest man like yeah i felt like i was there and it was so exciting and so cool and so much fun that's that's what it's supposed to be that's what baseball is supposed to be was that video and what's crazy is that i showed him the video afterwards after the game and you know what he said? I don't remember that. <laughs> he wasn't drunk. There was so much joy. He got so high off of 
sheer energy. Right. He legitimately did not remember that. Like, I want to experience something at that level one day to get like we we all we often hear about you know people reaching you know crazy high milestones and blacking out, like not remembering that happening. Sure. But like he legitimately did not remember that happened. He probably didn't remember the event or you know the play seeing it happen. Nope. But I guarantee you that oh, 100%, two yeah. hours later, he was still feeling that feeling. Well, let me explain to you what happened two hours later in that particular game. <laughs> so he was already drained at this point, already drained, right? And this was the last game. It was already going crazy. For, not the last game, but the last big game we were going to for Venezuela because the other two games were against Nicaragua and against Israel. No offense to either of those two teams, but when your first two games are Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic, you know, it, it the talent level's not there with Nicaragua and, and Israel. It, it just isn't. So this game was against Puerto Rico. So he was already drained at this point. And then we get an invite to go sit in a certain MLB owner's suite for the rest of the game. So he got to watch Venezuela beat Puerto Rico from the family suite who happens to own a very prominent sports team in the tri-state area who are Puerto Rican fans, Puerto Rico fans. <laughs> so that was how his day ended. That's exciting. So, so, so just, uh, <laughs> and okay, I'm going to start this off even more. I'm going to go even further on this day. I'm going to go even further on this day. Okay. So. First of all, he almost didn't go because he didn't want to cause a scene because he wanted to be with his countrymen. But after the home run, he was so worn out. He goes, yeah, I should probably just go and sit down. So let's wind the clocks back how this day started because this day was wild in general. Okay, so we wake up and our buddy's, our buddy's roommate r r raises and trains racehorses, right? So we go to Gulf Shores Racetrack to see him because one of his horses is racing. This horse had been through some trials and tribulations. It had been injured. It was his first race back, okay? So we go there. We have no, no idea about horse racing. There's a casino there. We're like, screw it. Let's have some fun at the casino. I put $20 in slots. I hit. Woo! Okay? So that's how the day started, right? Then we go back. We have lunch. We ask our buddy, hey, do you mind if we could bet on your horse or are you superstitious? You know, some people are superstitious about that, right? Like, it, it, it's a good question to ask. Yeah, he says, go ahead, bet on my horse. I'm not sure if he's going to win. I think he's going to show, though, which means finish top three. All right, bet. All of us proceed to bet on his horse because, you know, <laughs> the horse starts the first three quarters of the race, third to last. The horse wins the race. It's his first win back. The jockey... Venezuelan. Ah. Subtape then goes and puts some money on roulette. I believe I, I forget which numbers it was, but I know one of them was six. The other one might have been nine. I don't remember. It fucking hit. Should have played the lottery. <laughs> That's what we said. <laughs> that is literally what I said. I said we'll probably scratch offs on the way home. Yeah, you should you should have done it right <laughs> then and there. It was sports, just one sports of those... gambling. Is sports gambling legal in uh in Florida? I yes. think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just bet the house on uh, on your team there at that point. It, it was a wild 
18 hours of just <laughs> win, 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 win. Like, we walked out of that suite, and we literally all looked at each other and said, what the fuck just happened today? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> just like a banner-ass day. R- right? That, <laughs> dire, that was day two. <laughs> was that the night you guys went out and got the empanadas? No, no. That was a different uh, night. That was a different night. Great food in Miami, Little Havana, awesome food. Um, but before we move on to other other topics, I will say this: if you ever have the opportunity to go to the World Baseball Classic in person, go. Absolutely go. Even the games of like Nicaragua versus Venezuela, Israel versus Venezuela, where the the tickets were cheap, we got seats right behind the dugout for like. I think we paid like 40 bucks for the tickets oh, total shit. for that. Okay. Yeah, it they're not going to be as full as the big marquee games, but the atmosphere. Jamid was there for the Israel game. We actually we didn't we unfortunately didn't get a chance to meet up, just things were kind of crazy. But the atmosphere at those games are unbelievable. Even at the the low the 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 low attendance games, 100% go if you have the opportunity. Highly recommend it. It's some of the best baseball you will ever see in your life. I am convinced right now that three of the top five or six sports moments of my life happened in that past week. I don't like it. Like it's going to be very hard to top what I saw there. hundred percent recommend to go Derek. You of course played in it. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I'm, I'm literally, I know they can't see it, but I'm literally shaking my head. Yes. Yeah. You there, there's not uh, the world series is great. You know, I talked about this on the fan today. World series is great. That is great baseball. But we got a, a real World Series um, this year, and the cool part is that was to start mm-hmm. the baseball season. Yes, I get it. Like you know, you listen to some people. It's like, well, they're going to go back and play for blah 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 team. It's not going to be very good. But no, see, it's it's going to change for those that were in these bigger games like this and stuff they're gonna bring that energy back and like this is dude this is what we need to do like we can create this atmosphere any team can create any atmosphere as long as you do one thing and that's win when you win the fans show up and if you want to have that atmosphere like the wbc you gotta win and i know that the motivation is going to be there think about shohei and trout riding on the plane back together of course they're probably talking shit to each other but they just experienced playoff atmosphere baseball. I honestly think what Trout's only experienced it once in his career. And he just went to a, a game that will surpass the World Series atmosphere. 100%. Game so seven now, ain't shit on that. And that's the crazy part. And now him and Shohei can go back and really get things going with their team. That's the thing. And nope. yeah, there's, there's nothing, nothing comparable to the WBC. The moment that we realized it, it was the first day. It was Venezuela versus Puerto Rico. We're all sitting. We're out in right field. First pitch. Deafened. First pitch First pitch went. Deafening. We looked at each other. We went, whoa. Juan Soto then hits a double. I don't, still don't know if I can hear after that. We literally looked at each other, and everyone just went, Wow. Like the noise level, the videos I took doesn't do it justice. What you heard on TV, the only reason you knew it was loud there is because you could hear them turning down the crowd volume in Miami because it was that loud. You could not hear 
the music on the PA speakers when the crowds were going. Couldn't hear it. You could not hear it. There was a point in that game, a few points in that game, where people were so excited, the upper deck we were sitting on was going up and down. We felt the deck waving. Like, we literally felt the deck move under us. And then Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, took all those experiences and said, hold my beer. (laughs) And just took it to another level after that. Just another level. And I, like, it's just like, and Jamin said it himself. He was at the Israel game, and he goes, and he said in in my chat earlier, the atmosphere was so much more fun and free than a regular MLB game. And that was in a crowd of maybe 9,000. And that's how crazy that atmosphere was. If you get the chance to go, work it into a trip down to Miami or into Arizona, kids spring break, you know, take a weekend with the boys, go to the beach, go fishing, go play some golf, go to a game. Worth it. 100% worth it. There's, there's not going to be anything like that. The atmosphere is loud. Imagine being on the mound and you can't even, like, it's loud, dude. You can't catch your thoughts. That's how crazy it is. Like, you can barely hear yourself speak to yourself. Hear yeah. Your, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's, it, it, it's nutty. And, and I've been to some crazy games. I've seen some crazy sports things in my life. I've been very lucky to see some crazy sports things in my life. Nothing's compared to what I saw there. No, nothing. Very... Nothing in my lifetime that I have seen yet. I hope that I go to a sporting event that surpasses what I saw there. That means that sporting event is going to be epic. That's my hope. So if you guys ever get the chance to go, 100% go. 100% go. And what's crazy too, people saying it doesn't matter, Japan beat U.S. Super Bowl watching records in Japan for the World Baseball Classic. Like Japan's ratings beat the U.S.'s ratings for the Super Bowl. For the By a lot. By a lot. Like, like it wasn't close. <laughs> it wasn't close. And we like to roll out the Super Bowl as the most watched sporting event in the USA. The most watched sporting event in the world. False. Japan said, nah. And then on top of that, the um, some other quick numbers here that are just wild to me. And then we'll move on to other topics. The Shohei Otani World Baseball Classic home run got 7.5 million views in 10 hours. Respect. On social media. The Trey Turner World Baseball Classic Grand Slam got 7 million views in 15 hours. Aaron Judge's 60-second home run got 2.9 million. I mean... (laughs) Nutty. Not much you can really say. Nutty. It just it's incredible to see that the amount of respect and love that they had to just pass a baseball around throughout the stands. And I'll ever take a picture of it and then come back to that person. Yep. Now just imagine waiting for that ball, like, ah oh, damn, I better I guess I'm not leaving for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the truth. Like it's like, all right, well, I'm not going anywhere. Right? If you do that here, I would be like, I need a police escort following that Shohei ball around. Yeah, that's <laughs> like like it, that's it's not, it's just not happening. Um, we might as well talk about some other sports stuff while we can. I mean, uh, while we're here, obviously, while we can, we can. Um, the pitch clock seems to be working so far. The 
the bugs are kind of leaving it. I know you're not a huge fan of it, Derek. Because it's still dumb. Look at the WBC you just watched. Yep. It was incredible. Nobody gave two shits about a fucking pitch clock. The games they weren't long be, either. None of them were because it's a pitching. It's it's a pitcher's duel for the most part. Guys are getting on the mound and making their pitches. There's that's it's it's it, the stupid rule is so dumb because it's only it's literally directed at a few people. That's it. And yeah, everybody else has to do it. But it's whatever. There's no amount of pickoffs too which that's the dumbest thing that they've added into this by far we didn't even see a ton of pickoffs either there yeah nobody was really doing too much it was so here's my question quiet. though here's my question though derek let me ask you this as, as as you know let's say that you were playing now like you were playing wbc now mm -hmm. would you not try because some players are talking about how they did this would you try to because you've already been training for these new rules would some of that just be instinctual at that at this point though not necessarily i mean I've always I mean, worked quick, but yes, it's part of it. But I'm, if I knew right away, like you get in there, which I know they tell them the rules, like, hey, no pitch clock. You can do whatever you want with pickoffs. That's, that's in. Guys are like, all right, that's cool. That's back to yeah. normal. Remember, this is the new, new is doing the pitch clock and the pickoffs. So they're already established enough to understand that they can do as many pickoffs and all that stuff as they want. I will say the one thing where they dropped the ball at the WBC this year was I think there was one game on Fox. That was the dumbest thing. I Everything would else will not agree with you. The championship game should have been on fucking Fox. Not only that, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic needs to be on Fox. Yep. Japan needs to be on Fox. I don't yep. give a fuck about wrestle about your weekly wrestling program. As cool as wrestling is, that can move yep. further. The amount of viewership they would have gotten for Puerto Rico, Dominican on Fox with a Francisco Lindor inside the park home run with the hits you saw there would be yep. crazy would be crazy and what's even crazier people are like what about march madness that's on cbs yep it's literally on, it's on tbs true tv and tnt you didn't need fox it wasn't yep. even on fox no. to begin with fox but has there, nothing to do with march madness yep and, and then there's people some games on fs2 i don't know where the fuck fs2 is dude it took me forever <laughs> just to find all those games like 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 just just the amount of games where I went and I looked and I saw what was on Fox at the time and it was like local news at seven. Really? Yeah. Really? Because you want to show your WWE hour program at nine? You're telling me that's going to get more viewership than the than those two baseball games? Well, don't tell me you're trying to promote the game and you're going to do that. That's not promoting the game. Yeah. Putting on a channel that's usually got fucking cornhole on it and shit and whatever else, That that's, come on. You know how many people would have stuck? Because how many people, you know, don't know much about World Baseball Classic, right? You turn on the World Baseball Classic, you turn on Fox. Oh, what's on? You know, it's a Tuesday. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. There's nothing on, right? Let, let me let me let me let me see what's going on. It's a, it's a Thursday, whatever. Turn on the television. Let's see what's on. Oh, I got Italian there all of a sudden. <laughs> let, 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 let's see what's on. Oh, what's this WBC? Is it like baseball? It's baseball. But what is it? Oh shit, that's Juan Soto. Wait, is that Mike Trout? That is Mike Trout. We're oh, not doing wait, a good enough Shohei? job. If someone turned on the TV and saw Francisco Lindor in the batter's box, a baseball fan staying on that channel on Fox. If you turn on the TV and you see and, and you see Trey Turner and you happen to catch that home run, you're staying there. You're staying there. But no. Yeah. That's good. FS1. FS2. Yeah, it's so Fox Sports so, Go. So dumb. Like, what are you doing? Fox, what are you broadcasting at six at, at 
at 11 o'clock at night that you can't put the Australia game on or something to grow the game. Well, the, like, it, it just makes you mad. Everybody don't, loves Raymond. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me we're trying to grow the game and this is what you do. When you just had the bet, like the World Cup, literally, that's what you had, the World Cup of baseball. And you couldn't even put it on a major broadcasting service. A free channel. A free channel. You can put an antenna on your roof and get Fox, National Fox, for free. For free. Like, I, it, would be, it would be better if ESPN picked up the rights for it at that point. At least then you know it's on ESPN, ESPN2, and maybe ABC. Like, it, it, it's... And the other thing that they did, which, I, which a lot of people didn't appreciate is they sent certain broadcast groups to where they thought people would watch the games. But in reality, they kind of bungled that in the sense of your A team should have been at the A-plus games. You know what those A-plus games are. You have the schedule. Mm -hmm. And when people say, oh, we'll travel, excuse me, travel, like these guys travel all the time. You're telling me they couldn't yeah. do the USA-Canada game in Arizona and also do like the venezuela puerto rico game it's what a four-hour flight on a in first class yeah it's it's not like i mean this isn't meant to be a shot towards the commissioner no. but it's like show you actually care if you really are saying what you want to do you want to promote the game then do it do don't put games on a channel that nobody can nobody even knows about first off probably and on top of that, like, stop blacking out games, too. Get that taken care of. Um, That's the other thing I want to talk about. See the shit with Apple TV? Yeah, you, you talked about it. What was that today? You got to pay for it now to watch the baseball games. So now, if you want to watch all the MLB games, you ready for this, guys? You got your notepads out? You have to have MLB TV, 150 bucks. Peacock. There's free Peacock, but... There's also, you might be paying $10, $12, $15 a month, right? Your local sports network, which you often now have to pay for. Oh, and on top of that, you need to pay for Apple TV Plus now. Sorry, $9.99 a month for Peacock. I apologize. I know you work for the, I apologize. $10 a month for Peacock. The point, the point stands, though. You now have to pay for all these games. And people are wondering why baseball is shrinking. And on top of that, how are you going to explain, Dyer, let's say like, you know, and I would really remember if your family's asking to see what channel, what channel the Indians are on. And you go, oh, no, they're actually on uh, Apple TV Plus. You can't watch the game. We don't pay for that. It keeps flipping like that. You're just going to quit. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember on Peacock. What? What's Peacock? Right. <laughs> like, it used to be where I could watch the Indians on Sports Time Ohio 90% of the time. Or it was and like now, or right. when it was Fox Sports Ohio. Yeah, exactly. Same situation, regional <laughs> regional channel. But now it's like you have to look it up every single fucking time. You can't count on it being in any one place. But we're promoting that's why, the game, though. That's <laughs> why I just listen to it on the radio. It's in the same place every time people, for now. Exactly, but most people aren't like that. Most people don't, you know, and I'm a visual person. I just enjoy, you know what? It probably wouldn't be like that if I wasn't such a big fan of Indians play-by-play -play man, Tom <laughs> Hamilton, because he's awesome. But I digress. Point it's, it's always there. 
it's an entertaining broadcast and I can count on it and I don't have to pay for it. I mean, I pay three bucks a month so I can get it on my phone. Three dollars a month. It's not like I'm paying for six different services so I can catch, you know, three games on each in a quarter, you know? And what's crazy is talk about people talk about regional sports network. And yes, regional sports networks make a ton of money off MLB and all that. That's true. But our editor, Gnome, is getting into MLS. Why? Because you can pay for MLS TV and there are no blackouts. A sport that is literally starving for money and there's no blackouts. Find me a poor sport in this country than Major League Soccer. Good luck. No blackouts. At least in, in one of the sports that would be considered the quote-unquote major sports. Major, exactly. And then Snag says MLB TV plus VPN problem solved. That's a true point. But again, is Grandma Dyer going to have MLB TV and a VPN and explain to them, no, you can't watch the game by going to channel 33. You have to go to this, turn this on, go to this app, you hit the home button on it, then the little wheel thing at the top, you got to scroll over four times to get to that button, hit OK, scroll down to this game, and click on it. But then you want to watch your broadcast, so you have to scroll again to select the home broadcast. Like, are they ever watching a game then, Dyer? No. We're talking about people that, like, when I call my grandmother in the nursing home, I have to shout so that she can kind of hear me because I have to shout over the TV that I can hear clearly over her voice because she has it cranked up so high because she can't hear. And she's not going to be able to figure out how to get an internet TV channel, a different one every single freaking time, on her TV. There are so many times where I've talked to her like, hey, did you, did you watch? Because she always watched the Indians because my grandfather loved the Indians. Huge Cleveland fan. So she still watches, even though he's gone. She'll still watch when she can, but I'll ask her, hey, did you watch the Indians last night? No, I couldn't find it on the TV. Okay. Yeah. It's it's, sad. Half the time, it's I sad. can't find them. <laughs> I, I at least know generally how to find things online. And then you have, and then you have guys like me and Derek who have, and Derek especially has a subscription to everything, and even you still can't find the games half the time, Derek. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's insane. Uh, March minus happening. Have you guys watched any of the games? We're kind of doing Yeah, them. it's been nuts. It's been insane. Go New Jersey teams. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, have you caught any of the games or are you still not quite into March Madness? Well, Michigan sucks. So I, they weren't very good. So I'm not really watching it. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, it's it's been interesting. I don't really, I can't really say I'm paying too much attention. <laughs> I won't lie. I mean, it's all I care about is it being good basketball. And you get those those teams that are out there. I'm pretty sure Princeton's still available. And they are. that is a scary team. Nobody wants to play Princeton right now. Someone brought up a really good point about how these there always seems to be an Ivy League school or a low-tier school that, that gets like a 15 seed or something, 14 seed, that always overperforms. And they make a good point that it's time for either one of two things. Either you need to reevaluate re the seeding process or you need to expand the tournament. Because there are many teams like Princeton who don't get the shot because the only way they would get into the tournament is by winning their conference championship. 
and they oftentimes get left out and then next thing you know the team that gets in is on a tear people are like where the hell do these guys come from well they've been good all year it's just they play for princeton and the question is do we need to reevaluate our seating or do we just need to expand the tournament to allow more of these teams to get in to get more parity uh i think it's a direct product of the one and done system where the big schools quote unquote are going after these guys that are only going to be there for a year these smaller schools are able to compete because they still have the same formula as they've always had. And they've got guys playing for four years on their team. So these guys have played together for four years. They know what they're going to do. They know the offense. They know everything about what it is they need to do because they've been doing it for four years. They're not just going out there and playing on straight up town alone, which there's a lot to be said for. But when it comes to college basketball and a guy knows that regardless of whether his team does anything in the tournament, he's going to be getting drafted in the top 10 in the NBA. And it really doesn't matter to him whether their team does anything in the tournament or not. But then you got Princeton out there where these guys are going to go on and work a, you know, a normal job next year. And the pinnacle of their sports career is right now. And I think that's the biggest difference it, the one and done has has created this um, this situation in college basketball that we're seeing now, and it's made it so much more fun to watch the tournament. Yeah, I I, I agree. You're getting true March Madness with it. You're getting yeah. true upsets. You're getting you're getting all that, whereas you you weren't getting that before. It, we it hadn't seen we hadn't seen a, a sixteen beat a one ever until like four years ago, you and now it happens every year. It seems like. Yeah, it at least gets close to every year. We're getting yeah. them down to the wire. And then, and then the question is, well, how good are these teams really? What, what they're showing you how good these teams are. Year in and year out. Sure. Like, give these guys a shot. Let them play. And then you have teams like Rutgers who complain that they're not in the tournament and then get beat at home as the number one seed in the NIT to Hofstra <laughs> at home. With a home crowd. I mean, at least they're not Goodbye. number one Purdue getting beat by Fairleigh Dickinson. Yeah, but Purdue was a sham all along. And everyone, <laughs> every Big Ten fan knew that. True. Purdue basketball is the Northwestern football of the Big Ten. You don't think that they're going to get beat by Fairleigh Dickinson, though. True. Their gym has the seats like 3,000 people. True. <laughs> but at the same time, if there was a Big Ten team that would be a one seed that would lose to a 16 seed, and I told you it was Purdue, you'd go, yeah, figures. Yeah, that's true. Big Ten basketball, baby. Like, like, again, like. So disappointing. Michigan State still going strong. If you uh, bet again, if you bet, Jamie made fun of me for this, and he'll make fun of me again for saying this, but it's true. He bet against Michigan State the other day to, to, to lose, and I would go. Jamie, you never bet against Izzo in March, ever. The man doesn't lose in March. In the first two rounds, he's making it through it every single time. He does not lose. Michigan State and Creighton, if you want teams to bet on the first two rounds, it's those two teams. They don't fucking lose in the first two rounds, ever. But yeah, Michigan State's the last one standing. SEC having a good showing um, this year. And the Big 12's having a good showing this year. And who knows, maybe Princeton has a Cinderella run. Kind of cool to see. That would be pretty dope, though. I'm not going to lie. That would be really cool. That would be really cool to see a bunch of future analysts 
beat future NBA stars. I'll Florida Atlantic is another one. How about Florida Atlantic, man? FAU? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not as deep. I would, they were like a nine seed or something like that. But still, Correct. they look good. But yeah, I mean, there's there's these teams that are out there. It's just give them a chance. Let, let them play. See what happens. Ball don't lie. This is the biggest saying in sports. Ball don't lie. So let them ball. Preach. See what happens. See what happens. But yeah, I mean, other than that, in the, in the sports world, hockey's ho- hockey's coming. Playoffs are coming soon. That'll be a lot of fun. I still maintain the Stanley Cup playoffs is some of the most electric playoffs you can ever watch, hands down. Um, so 100%, I recommend watching that. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about, and we're end the podcast on this, because uh, we, st- we did start a little late, but we're still under time for us. So the last thing I want to talk about, I think we'll have a fun little conversation about this. This is inspired by my recent travels. We've done this in the past a little bit, but I want to dive in a little bit more. So, of course, you know, we're excluding charter flights, Derek. You've had those, but we're excluding those. The amount of... What do do the people want with us? The World Baseball Classic made a good point. You should have to take a a airline's etiquette class in order to fly on an airline. So I want to know, what are some of your guys' pet peeves when you guys are flying commercial? What's something that when you see happen, you just go, oh, my God, why? Just just why, why? The only thing I would say I, I hate more than anything is if I'm not the window seat, I hate that somebody's getting up constantly. Like, hey, piss and shit, do whatever you got to do. Fuck, sit in your chair, bro. It's Poor three lady. hours. Like, it's a short flight, and you've gotten up more than my dog has ever done in a single day. Like, what? what is wrong with you? Or <laughs> I'm a big, like, I hate when people chomp when they chew and you can hear their food (laughs) and if you're eating something right beside me and i have to hear it like that's gonna drive me insane like i can hear it through my headphones we got problems and you got your headphones i always wear headphones yes i always have headphones on even if i'm sleeping and i I don't i shouldn't be able to hear you are you a fucking yeah are you a get on the plane turn the movie on on the ipad or the computer right away kind of guy or the music on no, right uh, I try or to do fall people watch for a little quick. bit. Well, I do people watch if I see. <laughs> well, I am single. If I see somebody beautiful that's out there, I'm gonna mm-hmm. watch. There you go. There she goes. And there she goes again. I think one of my favorite pastimes in airports is people watching. Just just seeing the different stress levels that people have is very entertaining for me. You want to talk about entertaining? Fart on a plane and watch everybody try oh, to figure out who did it. No, oh no, you did. You've done that, haven't you? Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? You, did you did you claim it or did you go? Oh, wow, it stinks. No, I just uh, <laughs> I, I, have, I have done it one time where I just I didn't claim it, but I was laughing and like you could see like my body's bouncing and like my brother was sitting beside me. He was like one row or one seat over. Uh, and he would like smell it and he'd just, yeah, okay. I, I see what you did there. I know that's you. Cause you would see me laughing and like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to look out the window and I'm laughing and yeah, it, it happens. The, the two biggest ones for me that are annoying is the people who stand around 
the airline counter and the line to get on the airplane when they're like boarding group four or later. <laughs> and you can never tell if they're in your boarding group or not. And so you're trying to like push past them. Is it being a dick if you literally, as you walk up and you're like, oh, hey, what, you know, I'll be like, hey, what group are you in? They're like, I've done oh, that four. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. They're calling one now. So why are you <laughs> up here? No matter what, here's the thing, too. Your seat's not going anywhere. Nobody's going to take it. They can't take it. It's your seat. So who gives a fuck if you're group four and you're the first one on group four? What if you're on Southwest? Oh, well, then you're. You're, you're fucked. You're whatever, yeah. You're, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Now you're getting... That's different, because you actually Start walking. get a seat. Yeah. But, but it's just like... Mm. The people standing around, and you're trying to get up and through, and like, I'm, I'm, us, I'm lucky. I'm usually either... I'm not the first two groups. I'm not that fancy. But I'm normally at least like Comfort Plus. Boy. Oh, yeah. Comfort Plus or Equivalent, or like group... You know, one of the first like three to four groups going up. You know how these airlines work. Now, there are groups that go down to, like, group eight, group nine now. And they're all just standing around the gate. And then, like, you're trying to get your little suit. You're trying to get your suitcase. So you're trying to walk around people. And everyone's standing there. And you're like. And then we actually get. They finally call your group. And you get you get to the front line. And there's, like, six people there with you who are actually in your group. They look behind <laughs> you. And it's just a mass of people just standing there. And then you're just like, really? Like, or the other thing that annoys me. This also, this also lumps into it because both these flights were full. Is when they say over, you, you guys know, air, airplanes now are getting smaller um, luggage bins for better head height. That's one of the things they're all doing and also lower, lowering weight costs. Um, airlines now, because flights are always full now, have been saying a lot. This happened to both of our flights. If you are in boarding group five or lower, you will have to gate check your bag. But bef- But then after they say that, they say... We are taking volunteers to gate check your bag now or free. And no one ever does it. And I'm sitting there going, if you're in group five or later, you know your bag is getting gate checked. Or they try to get the bag on anyway, and then they hold up the whole flight because they try to find a place for the bag, and they're right for it. I'm just going to blow your mind. Ready? There's no space for their bag. So now they have to find a way to get their bag back off the plane, past the mass of people, to get back to the front counter to gate check the bag. Like, like, just, just, you know you're going to have to do it. Just do it. Stop trying to sneak a spot for your bag because you're not going to find one. I promise you. They're gone after, like, group four, group five. Like, so, like, it's just, I don't know. I, I hate incompetence. My favorite was the last flight that I was on, a uh, flight for work. It was a, a very small plane. I was flying from Columbus to uh, D.C. And the gate agent, you know, called the first group, which was, you know, military personnel and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the same as it is everywhere else. And then he says, well, now we're boarding group one. Group one, please do whatever. And he comes on and says, now we're boarding. And he pauses. He goes, you know what? There are not that many people on this flight, and we're all adults. We can figure it out. Boarding all groups right now. Just get in line and know where your seat is. <laughs> did it work? It did work. It was fucking <laughs> perfect, and it probably cut down time by twenty minutes. It, like it's it's amazing just how in just how unprepared these airports are sometimes. Just how unprepared people are, and then 
yeah, Derek's thing was the other thing that, that kind of annoys me. It's not the chewing so much. It's the people who have, and I know I've talked about this in the past a long time ago. It's the people who have the ridiculous in-flight meals packed that just fucking stink. <laughs> like, they have the sandwich, they packed it home. Like a tuna but, sandwich. But it's been sitting in their bag for six hours. And they pull it out after it's been sitting in their carry-on for six hours. And they open it, and you just instantly are just like, oh. oh. <laughs> like, why? Like, I, like, don't remember, I bring snacks with me. I'll go to 7-Eleven or Wawa the night before, and I'll get, like, Pringles or something. That's cheap. It's cheaper there. But that's a sealed bag of chips. That's not going to smell when I open it. Your tuna sandwich that you made at 6 a.m. for your 4 p.m. flight. Night. Yeah, for your 4 p.m. flight. Just leave it at home. I, I promise you, buy the $12 sandwich from the, air, from the airport. Please. I don't need to smell that shit for the entire flight. I really don't because it's just warm. It's disgusting. It's just, it's not it. There's nothing good about it at that point. Nothing. Like, well, how about ugh. this for, how about this for a pet peeve? And it may seem obvious to some, but we talked about the, um, the room, the space that there is for your carry on luggage, the overhead yeah. space. Um, if your bag can fit, perpendicular to the fuselage of the plane put it in that way please don't put it in horizontal and take up half the twice the space that it should take up because i will get in there i will move your fucking bag i can fit mine in there i will move every single damn bag in the overhead freaking compartment and i will touch your shit if you don't want me touching it and guess what put it in there the right way you know what annoys me is when i go up there and it's a full flight and i see like three purses and two trench coats up there Oh my god. Up like, and, I'm, and I start moving people. Like, Excuse me, don't move. I'm like, no, no, is this yours? You can take it. Want to get right. mad at me? Go ahead, get mad at me. Fly attendant will do the same fucking thing. Put it under your seat. How about that? Yeah. Like, my backpack goes under my seat every time, unless I'm lucky enough to be flying first. Then I put it up there because I can. But, like, otherwise, just fucking do it. But let's, let's flip the script. And I want to ask you guys what's, I'm sure Derek has a little more of these, what's one or two? travel hacks that you do or you've learned that just makes your life that much easier when you're traveling i don't really or, have one or just something that you do that just i don't feel like my traveling's that hard but see you do it all the time though yeah that's what I'm saying. i don't really do anything that i think for me um my biggest thing which a lot of people i found don't do and again this might just be because i travel a fair amount the amount of people who solely rely on the airport entertainment on the airplane entertainment system to work is amazing. Ooh. The amount of people I know who don't download movies ahead of time is insane. You have a movie theater in your pocket. It's called your phone or you have an iPad or a laptop. Do yourself a favor and download a movie. I know so many people who don't do it and they go, oh, the plane will have screens on it which never work ever Dyer, Do you have anything that, that works for you? Yeah. Drink. <laughs> Did you guys know that in Delta comfort plus, which is the same as like premium economy for other airlines, right? At Delta and comfort plus you get free alcohol. 
Holy shit. Seriously? I did not. Yeah. You get free alcohol in Delta Comfort oh. Plus. Like Diary. unlimited or do you get like yeah, two? Yeah, unlimited. You can just Which on most, on most flights, two is enough. But Dyer's like, I'm only flying Delta. Yeah, right? Shit. I'm about to buy Delta stock. Yeah, De- Delta Comfort Plus tickets on non-regional flights. So like if you're going like an hour, no, obviously. I think it's on flights over two hours. It You get free beer, wine, and cheaps and some spirits. Hell yeah. Keep them coming. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you don't need poor man's first class right there. <laughs> That's all you need. You get yeah. Yeah, you get free up, uh free alcohol and upgraded American seats too. I, I didn't when I flew the American ones uh coming back from Texas. I didn't get it then though. I don't know if that was just like a thing then or if like you know they weren't advertising it. But like Delta advertises the shit out of it. Like they're like comfort plus you guys can drink for free. I'm just gonna go fly. Just I'll fly somewhere and fly right back. I mean, think about it. If you can get a cheap Comfort <laughs> Plus ticket for like 120 bucks, $200, that's cheaper than going to the bar. Can I get a fight on there too? Are the fights free? I'll just <laughs> sit on a plane and watch a fight. <laughs> Sir, we need you to deplane. Uh, Mr. Dyer, we need you to deplane. One second, please. Please, please one, 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 one second, I'm watching the fight. You, you Just do it clean. We're almost done. There's a minute 30 left. It's the last round. I promise I will be clean around me. Clean my spot last. I'll pick my feet up. <laughs> this, uh, this happened today. The Rangers announced this and uh, he is a friend. And obviously it's something we all care about. We've talked about this multiple times, had this with an episode with a couple people. Um, Eric Nadell uh, will be starting the season as a broadcaster, as I'm going to call it, he'll be considered on the DL, I guess is the way to put it, because he will not be there. He's dealing with depression and a few other things as well. So he hasn't been to spring training um, this year is what I was told. And obviously he will not be starting with the team, so he won't be calling games. He is a radio broadcaster with the Rangers for those that don't know, but for those that do he is one of the voices of the Texas Rangers, and he paints a wonderful picture. Um, he's also been somebody who's been very uh, very outspoken about helping people with the mental side of things, depression, and, and so on. Um, so for somebody who's been helping others, it's now time for us to help him. And he's dealing with some some tough, tough things right now, and he needs all of our love and our... Uh, support in this battle like we've talked about before on this show uh, you never know what somebody's really going through uh you know i made the comment today on the radio too saying that you know people get up and it's you know they're getting ready to go do something or whatever it is and it's like all right i gotta put my fake smile on and go out there mm-hmm. and do my job from 10 to 2. yep so with that you know it's it, i just want people to realize how important it is i've had people tell us before they come to our twitch streams the podcast the radio, whatever it is, they come to us because they love the getaway, the support and the freedom and being able to just get a lot of things off their chest. So don't ever hesitate to ask somebody how they're doing or whatever, you know, you don't have to push to try to get the answers out of them. Just talk to them, just be respectful and open and caring and helpful because you never know what somebody really is hiding behind that mask. Takes 30 seconds to text a buddy you haven't spoken to in a while and just say, what's up, dude? 
That's true. Takes actually it takes about two seconds to pick up the phone, shoot someone a text, Snapchat, Insta, MySpace, a message, right. whatever. And I do want to say too, like because me and Dyer talked about this after the show, off the Fairpool podcast with my buddy Corey Mayer. We literally talked right after saying, dude, we've, we, I mean, we reached out and sometimes it's not just about reaching out. It's, it's going to have to be some other ways of trying to communicate with these people because there were some things that Corey was telling us on the show that we've never heard. We had no idea about, and that's what I'm saying. Some things are going to be hidden. So you have to try to find your part or your way of being able to not get information out of them, just show them that you're there for them. Show them that you care and they're not alone, no matter what. And it's a, it's a tough balance. And I could speak from experience on this. And I, Corey spoke from, from his experience on this too. And, you know, Derek and I, you guys have both obviously, you know, probably had your own struggles with this too. There are some things that you don't like to talk about unless you're asked about them. And that's true too. There, there are some things where there's, uh, there's it's a very common thing and i'm guilty of this i'll put my hand up and say i'm guilty of this of saying if they want to tell me they'll tell me when yes that's true that can be very true but also a lot of times there are times where i wouldn't tell people something unless they asked because it takes a lot of energy from me to talk about whatever that subject is i know derek you've had stuff that's like that too dire you've you've had we're human that's how it is and a lot of people don't feel like putting their burdens on somebody else it could be something as small as you know you're having a bad day at work to something as big as what Corey's was dealing with or what steve or, or what steven john was dealing with or anything like that or like it could be a wide gambit of that but there's a lot of times where people don't want to put the burden on somebody else but by you asking Hey, what's going on with this? How are you doing with this? That gives that person the door and the opening for them to talk about it. So don't feel like if someone's not telling you something that they're that they're choosing not to tell you, they're probably not telling anybody unless they're being asked about it. Or it's it's something they don't know how to truly explain. Yep. Without like they don't maybe they don't want the sympathy or whatever it is, but they're trying to find a way to explain it and well, share it with you. Or they want to keep an image they, yeah. they they want to keep an outward image they don't want you to know that there's something going on because they don't want to risk the friendship that they have with you or the trust they have with you they would rather keep that secret and hidden so and because in their mind it makes it so well dyer can't judge me now or Derek can't judge me or terps can't judge me because they don't know and sometimes that's enough too like just knowing that someone cares enough to ask even if they don't open up and talk about it, that can be a big thing just to know for them to know that, that somebody did care enough to ask that that can be enough. Exactly. And it could be something little, it could be something big. It doesn't matter. It can be as simple as, Hey dude, how's your, uh, Eric, how's your, how's your bullpen sessions going? Or as complex as, Hey Dave, how's your, your thing going? Or Hey Corey, how's like, it, it doesn't matter what it is. There are just some things that, you know, people won't think to share unless you ask. Sure. And if they don't want to share, they'll tell you that. And then you say, okay, let's check it in, buddy. Because that's enough. Yeah. Uh, this discussion for Tap That Ash is Great about, name, by the way, Eric Nadell. Um, he's dealing with 
depression and more. And so wanted to make sure we shared the love for him because he's always sharing the love for everybody else and helping everybody else that goes through these tough times. And just goes to show how many people don't know what's going on. And I think it's great looking at the responses that were on that page. You didn't see a whole ton of negatives. It's Twitter, so you saw some, obviously. But a vast majority of the responses were positive and prayers and to hang in there and that everyone's there for him and get well soon. And that's not something you always see on Twitter. So it's so un- unfortunately for Tap That Ash, we are wrapping up the episode now. Um, so if go you- back and listen. Go back and listen. This episode will be on Spotify on <laughs> it will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to it, as well as all of our previous episodes are there at our Off the Fairpool tag. If you want to hear a little bit more about this topic, we do have some episodes up there with Stephen John's former defenseman for the Dallas Stars and uh, Derek's friend, Derek and Dyer's friends, Corey. Um, I recommend listening to both of those episodes. Um, they are a little, they're deep and dark. Um, so just be prepared. Um, it's not an episode that's going to be our usual laughy, happy talk about poop episode. So just be aware of that. But they are worth listening to. They go in depth. We're going to do more episodes like that. Next week, however, it's going to be a fun episode. We will have Derek and Dyer's friend Cook on, who's going to talk about food. We have a whole food episode next week. So be here for that. Food. Make sure you um, don't and, uh, make yourself hungry. Order some food while we while we talk about it. Worth it. But for all of us here at Off the Fairpole, that's going to do it for this episode of Off the Fairpole. For myself, for Derek and Dyer, thanks for hanging. Thanks for chilling. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. Deuces. Deuces.